What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast and stream. I'm your host, Gary Kessler, here with you as always. And joining me, as always, is my good pal, Hani Amani. And Hani, I'm glad to see that you showed up today because uh, some of the Lakers, quite frankly, just did not. Uh, <laughs> if you are the, the LeBron of this podcast, then I can say without a doubt that I will be putting much more effort into this podcast than your, the Anthony Davis of the Lakers did. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, that was a weird forced analogy, but um, I'm sticking to it. It fit just about as well as the Lakers did offensively today, so uh, it's <laughs> it's fitting. So yeah, we're gonna be reacting to Game One. The Lakers lose to the Phoenix Suns, 99 to 90, and there were parts of the game that didn't even feel that close. <laughs> um, uh, just a really lackluster performance from the Lakers in this game, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, I, Hani, might have to rein me in a little bit because I am probably going to vent about a certain superstar, uh, not named uh, Cameron Payne, Hani, uh, <laughs> before you could sneak that in. Uh, yeah, just a frustrating, frustrating game for, for the Lakers and for Lakers fans. Um, credit to the Suns, man. Credit to the Suns. They came out amped up. They were excited. They, they played with a ton of energy. That crowd really gave them a boost, and we talked about that in our series preview pod that, uh, you know, I think we kind of anticipated this team would probably start fast. It's the first time they've been in the playoffs in, uh, what, 11 years, and the crowd was was fired up. That was a loud crowd. It sounded like a playoff crowd. And, you know, even though it's not full capacity, you could definitely tell that they made a difference. And um, credit to the Suns, man. They hit first, and they kept hitting, and the Lakers started pretty fast and then just kind of faded. And, I, I don't know, I felt like they couldn't get back within, within about seven uh, in the second half of the game. So uh, frustrating game, but the Lakers fall, lose game one. As we learned uh, last year in the playoffs, losing game one, not a huge deal for this group. Uh, but eventually you, you tempt fate enough times, you're going to get burned by it. So hopefully that doesn't happen here. But, uh, Hani, I'll let you take lead. Kind of first first thoughts, anything you want to vent about or just uh, anything that jumped off the screen watching game one today. Well, well, there's a lot that I want to vent about, but seeing as this gas is a prices podcast, are I, insane I, right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously, what is up with that? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot of ways of looking at this game. Uh, the number one thing is just like frustration because uh, I think the Lakers played about as awful of a game as you could expect for the majority of this. Um, the second half was better, but wasn't exactly convincing either. Um, their superstars weren't great, especially Anthony Davis, who had an awful game, just got thoroughly outplayed by DeAndre Ayton. And that's something that we were very, very confident in heading into the series. And um, we look like jackasses, I guess, because of Anthony Davis right now. Um, the Lakers also had uh, a lot of wide open looks that they missed mm -hmm. uh they missed a ton of free throws um they had so many avoidable mistakes like their their um transition defense was awful uh they didn't get out to run at all uh, in transition offensively for the most part the rebounding was awful another thing that we should have been confident in the lakers heading into the series um they basically got outplayed in every single aspect of the game and they still only lost by nine um 
you know, it's a little bit closer than the the final score is a little bit closer than the game was, in my opinion. But they very much had chances to come out and steal the game, despite how bad they looked. Um, if they had just hit a couple of threes late in that uh, uh, in that run that they made, got it down to seven in the third quarter, and then um, I don't remember uh, how close they got in the fourth quarter, but they had definite definite chances to to really cut into that and put some pressure on the Suns. Um, the other takeaway, I think, is that I don't think Phoenix played their best game either. I think they, they missed a lot of makeable shots in that fourth quarter run. I, I can think of one play where KCP just completely left Mikel Bridges open uh, from three to go double uh, Devin Booker, and, and Bridges missed that. And then he also missed a wide open putback with nobody around him. Um, so that, those kind of stuff also went against the Suns. So, I, you know, I, I can't really look at it either way of saying, well, the Lakers only lost by this much despite playing poorly because I don't think the Suns played their best game. Um, so, I, I mean, overall, I not not panicking completely, but I, I'm not feeling very convinced by the Lakers at all. Yeah, so glass half full take is the Lakers, despite just shooting the ball very poorly, um, 33 of 76 overall, so they shot 43%. 7 of 26 from the three-point line. Just awful three-point shooting, 26.9%. And then they missed 11 free throws. So they shot 28 free throws compared to Phoenix's 12, which is a good thing. But they shot 17 of 28. So, I mean, there's 11 points off the board. Uh, and then, you, you know, if you make even three or four more threes, I mean, that's the game right there, right? You, know, you go 10 of 26 or 11 of 26 instead of 7 of 26. Totally different ball game. Uh, Got to make shots. You mentioned the rebounding. We talked about that as a potential uh, area for success for the Lakers, given the the depth of their big man rotation compared to the Suns being a little undersized behind uh, DeAndre Ayton. And the rebounds in this game, 47 to 33 in favor of Phoenix. Like that cannot happen. And to me, yeah. that's just that's kind of a product of the Lakers just not having a sense of urgency. And I don't know if it's a it's a one of those things where the Lakers don't fear this team, and so they didn't show up with the type of intensity that they needed, uh, or or what it is. But they just they got absolutely crushed today um, in, in all the areas that really matter in terms of effort, intensity, and and Phoenix absolutely deserved to win this game. They deserved to win it by more than they did, in all honesty. And yeah. I mean, if this doesn't serve as a wake up call for the Lakers, then I don't really know what will because. Uh, you know, I still think I, I mean I still like them in this series, but uh, man, if you keep te- keep tempting fate and keep losing these game ones as a feel out game and all this and stuff, eventually you're gonna lose that game too as well, and then you gotta win four out of five against a good basketball team. Um, so not panicking from from this game or anything like that. Trying to you know keep a like I said keep the glass half full a little bit and know. And note that the the Lakers have a lot of areas, are a lot of mistakes that are very correctable. Um, yeah. But man, Anthony Davis, this guy has been one of my favorite players in this league for for years. Uh, loved him as as a Pelican too. Just a, just a complete unicorn as a player when he wants to be. Today he absolutely didn't want to be. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's not healthy. If he's got a an injury that's still bothering him or what, but if he plays like that, the Lakers, 
I don't I don't know if they have much of a shot in this series if he plays like that. Like there there were times I I just wanted him to get pulled from the game because he was just a net negative on both ends of the floor. I mean, he had a couple, you know, really good defensive plays, but um, especially in the fourth quarter there, man, I mean, he's getting beat to to several rebounds by Aiton. Aiton's getting putbacks, drawing fouls, all this stuff. That can't happen. That cannot happen in this matchup. You can't allow Aiton, basically their own, only true big guy, to beat you on the boards the way he did today. Um, and Aiton, you know, was battling foul trouble uh, at times of this game. I mean, he still played 36 minutes, but 21 points, 10 of 11 shooting, 16 boards. That's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And not to take away from Aiton because he is a very good young player, but the Lakers have so many bodies that they could throw at him, and this is a, an area that they have to they have to win that matchup uh, because they're, they have too much they have too much talent. Uh, they have too much depth at that position to allow something like that to happen. And and just all, all the Laker bigs. I mean, honestly, I thought Trez was probably the Lakers' uh, best big today. And, I mean, he only got 14, 14 minutes. I would have actually liked to see him play a little bit more in this game. But I uh, also would have liked to see Marc Gasol because I don't know if it's a thing with Anthony Davis as well that when, when he's out there with Andre Drummond, and I don't mean to label Drummond as a scapegoat, there were times I was frustrated with him in this game. But when the Lakers made a little run later in the third quarter, he was very much a part of that. Yeah. So it's it's not this isn't a it all falls on Drummond, but it just seems like when Davis is out there with Andre Drummond, he just refuses to attack because Drummond can't really extend out out of you know past that dunker spot along the baseline basically, and there's just no room to operate. And you can see the Suns really clogging the paint because they can just go stand right by uh, wherever Drummond is, and they they are ready for any kind of drive to the basket. And AD is just settling and settling and settling. But man. When Anthony Davis wants to be, he can be a top two, top three player in this in this league. Like he can be absolutely dominant, a complete unicorn on both ends of the floor. Uh, just a guy that solves so many so many issues and can overcome so many of your team's shortcomings just by simply having him on the floor. But there are there's so many times and there are way too many times that he just doesn't look interested in playing basketball. And today, to me, looked like one of those days where he just didn't give a shit, quite frankly, to be out there. And it hurts the team. And to me, the more I've kind of just noticed in the, in the last few weeks is like I feel like this team goes as Anthony Davis goes. And if he doesn't look itch- interested in playing basketball, then a lot of these guys kind of it falls on them as well. You know, well, the last time the Lakers played the Suns, Anthony Davis was a monster. 42 points, you know, double-digit rebounds, a few blocks, few steals, all that stuff. You know, he's screaming after, you know, uh, an alley-oop dunk and one that he's back. And then we get this performance the next time we see that same team. And yeah. I don't know. The, the team just looked totally lackluster. I mean, LeBron you know, had moments where he was himself, but I think it was overall probably a pretty subpar game from LeBron um, as, as, as far as his scoring goes. Uh, hopefully his shoulder is okay. I hate – and hopefully Chris Paul is okay, even though I uh, hated that play that he fouled LeBron and hurt his shoulder on that play. It was kind of a low-key dirty play, which Chris Paul does have a history of that. But um, that's beside the point. Anthony Davis, man, I, I would anticipate he gets lit up by media, um, Twitter, talk shows, all, all that stuff. Like, he is going to be absolutely challenging game two, and if he doesn't bounce back, uh, it might be time to worry about him a little bit, but uh, I, I anticipate he'll bounce back in game two, but, man, this 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 type of performance happens way too often for a guy that is that good, and to me it's inexcusable. And... The last thing I'll say about this is I think that separates the true, like, 
superstars and the true greats of the game that there are alphas and there are betas, right? Like Kobe, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem, like LeBron, all those guys. Alphas because they brought it every single game. Like if they had a bad game, you pretty much shook it off because you knew they were going to bounce back in the next game. This happens just far too often with Anthony Davis. And yeah. I love AD to death. I'm so happy he's a Laker. I want him to retire a Laker. Uh, love his game and everything. But, man, like it's playoff time. This is big boy basketball. The Lakers just cannot afford to have him play the way he did today. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into it um, from a team perspective. Uh, like, for example, he didn't have a shot attempt um, until – they went to uh, him at center once once Drummond sat uh, in the first quarter. And that shot attempt was an alley-oop dunk on a set play out, uh, off a timeout that I think, as far as I can remember, was really his only shot at the basket. Like, even the ones where he kind of drove to the basket, he was fading away when he shot the ball. Um, that was the only time that I can really remember him truly attacking the basket, and it was an, an uncontested dunk off a nice play. Um so yeah, I, I think and Frank Vogel talked about this in his, uh, you know, uh, media presser after the game. That yeah, the Lakers can do more to put him in better positions, and I think a lot of that is him playing center, um, mm-hmm. not playing next to Drummond. If he is going to play as at the four, play alongside a guy like Marcus All, who can at least space the floor for him. Yep. It's something we talked about on our preview pod about you know Mark being a good matchup against this team. Um, I still feel that way, though, the way they were running um, in transition, it makes it a little bit more of a risky proposition, but I I would still rather try that and and see how that goes. Um, But at the end of the day, like all of that put aside, uh, and there was also another lineup where AD played at the five, but they didn't really have a point guard with them. LeBron wasn't playing and and Schroeder wasn't playing, and I didn't really like that either because I, you know, it's kind of the, the reason why big guys kind of aren't superstars anymore is that they're offensively they're reliant on a guy getting them the ball um and ad is you know as much as we talk about his guard skills he's not really any different in that uh he, he needs offense to be created for him at times um but all of that put aside you know that stuff doesn't really matter when the guy is kind of floating in games and, and not giving that 100 percent effort like you know you <laughs> You got these guys that are slower than you, bigger than you, and you're settling for jumpers. You got guys that are smaller than you, you're settling for jumpers. Um, Defensively, uh, you know, uh, I think the Lakers got to figure out some of their switching stuff because that was hurting them a whole lot where he had to switch out on a guard and and he wouldn't get there quick enough. That that part I don't think is his fault, but um, it was leading to shots and then then Aiton having – like a KCP or a Cruz or whoever on them and just being able to dominate them on the glass. Um, and then the rebounding, man, the, those two rebounds that Aiton got over him late in the fourth quarter, um, when, again, he's playing the five, he's he's the center that's supposed to be when he can excel. He has LeBron next to him too. Uh, and the Lakers are trying to make a run. That's That's just brutal. Like, you're hurting your team's chances of winning a game when you're letting that happen. And he wasn't even out of position. He easily could have boxed out and, and grabbed that rebound, but he just got outworked by a guy that outworked him all game. Um, and credit to DeAndre Ayton again. Uh, he certainly had some some 
stuff that was made easy for him because of the way the Lakers played, but he also worked hard and worked harder than AD to get to get into those positions. And I don't know. Um, I think, uh, you know, we talked about this, the stuff that the Lakers can be optimistic about that, you know, they probably don't shoot this poorly again. They probably don't miss this many free throws again, et cetera. But the AD stuff, you'd like to be confident that, that he'll come back and, and have a bounce back game and have a really good game. Um, he's certainly done it before and, I'm not one of these people that's going to start uh, doubting his ability or, or calling him soft because he's clearly shown at times that he can be the exact opposite of that. But today he played a very, very soft game. Mm-hmm. And if that happens again, then the Lakers aren't winning the series. Like, I, I, I think it's very crucial for him to be playing, uh, to, to be arguably the Lakers' best player in, in, in the series because that's supposed to be where, where the mismatch is. And it was the complete opposite today. It was a mismatch for the Suns, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got to, like, this is going to be a challenge for him to bounce back and prove that you are a top five player in this league and prove that you can, you know, I mean, we've seen it. We saw it in the last last year's playoff run that he was just an absolute dominant force throughout that, that playoff run and, and helped them win a championship. And, you know, so it's just the latest challenge, but, Man, he's got to he's got to bounce back uh, because that was a, I mean that was quite frankly if you gave that grade and or gave that game a grade for Anthony Davis, it was straight up an F. It was just awful. Yeah. One of the worst games you'll probably see him play, and he just quite frankly has to be better. You know, there's no excuse to it. I think Vogel can certainly do some things um, lineup wise to help him out a little bit more, but like, yeah, a lot of it to me was just effort. And like you said, those two rebounds that Aiton got in the fourth quarter I mean that's on AD that's your man you're responsible for boxing him out and like you you can't allow that to happen um especially when you are the five like you're going to be looked at as kind of the the main uh, guy to help secure rebounds um on both ends of the floor so um just gotta gotta see more from Anthony Davis and I would anticipate he's going to hear a lot about his performance in the next 48 hours and you know hopefully we see a guy come out a little more focused a little more motivated and and ready to go because uh that just that performance wasn't it it wasn't it at all so um it's it's time for for him to step up and and prove that 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 game uh isn't isn't the anthony davis we're going to see throughout the playoffs uh it's time it's time for him to step up so um all right now that i got that off my chest uh yeah a little part of me, so going going back to trying to steer the ship more positively here. Um, another thing too was De- I thought Devin Booker played a really really good game uh, in this game, yeah. and I think uh, the Lakers can do a much better job defensively on him. Which of course he is a great player, he's a great scorer. Um, the Lakers are probably going to have their hands full for most of the series on him, but um, that is kind of one thing that the Lakers did have some opportunities late to make a little run, despite Booker playing very well. Um, and really filling it up. I mean, he had 34 points, eight assists, uh, seven rebounds. He actually played 45 minutes in this game. I noticed in the second half, I was like wondering if he was ever going to go out. But, um, but yeah, so Booker played extremely well. I mean, they got contributions from other guys as well. Uh, Cameron Johnson is back in the lineup, so that is another issue. LeBron lost him a couple times and, and gave up some some wide-open looks to, to him, and that's the last thing you want to do because that's why he's in the league because he is an absolute sharpshooter and can't allow that to happen. Um, 
so there there are reasons to, to feel optimistic. You know, Aiton and Booker both played exceptional basketball, and you would think that the Lakers will make adjustments and and try to at least get the ball out of Booker's hands a little bit more. But I mean, he had eight assists in this game, did have six turnovers, but. Uh, one one thing I'm looking forward to in game two with the adjustments um, is how they play Chris Paul. Because Chris Paul, we saw him go down in the first half with that shoulder injury. And it was pretty evident right away that when he came back in the game that he didn't look right. Uh, very uncharacteristic. Uh, had two plays right off the get-go when he came back where he just lost the handle on the ball all by himself with that that. Uh, Basically, here at his right shoulder, and you could tell the the right arm. The, there's got to be some nerve issues or something going on there where he doesn't have proper feel for the basketball because uh, right away lost control of the ball all by himself and then threw a pass that was very inaccurate. Um, that was a, a fairly simple pass for him, and then you could see with some of the shots. Some of the shots weren't even close. Uh, the one uh, he did make one where he got a very friendly bounce on the rim, uh, and then another one from like 10 feet away where it looked like he almost like had to throw it in. Um, because he just doesn't have the, I don't know if it's the strength or just the feel in his, his right arm, uh, but did not look like himself. And if that's a thing that's lingering throughout the series, I'm curious to see if the Lakers, uh, I, I thought that should have been an in-game adjustment that they really tried. And, you know, I think they tried to a little too late, um, but maybe making him try to be a scorer and making him try to shoot jump shots and just whenever he's attacking, play play him as a passer and just, you know, trust that he's not going to make shots until he proves he can he can make them and proves that he's all right. Yeah, I would 100% agree on that. Um, and I, you know, they, they really need to figure out the, the switching thing as well. I don't think switching against this team really works for them because um, one, Chris Paul is pretty dang good at, at, the, at um, taking advantage of those sort of situations, even though, you know, you don't think of him as a guy that rises up and jump, uh, shoots over you, but he can create that space for himself when he needs to, um, or at least just get the ball on the glass and, and have the big guy go to work. Um, uh, and yeah, like you said, uh, force them to be a square. Even generally speaking, you mostly want to force Chris Paul to be a square rather than a passer because he will kill you that way 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 more often than he will as a square. But yeah, if he if he's not healthy, which like you said, he he definitely didn't look like it after the shoulder injury. Um, you got to force force him to pay for that. And then Devin Booker, I think you know the Lakers threw quite a few doubles at him. They they kind of changed it up a little bit. Um, I do like the double team idea. I think he can sometimes be um, sort of uncomfortable in those sort of situations, I, although I thought he, he passed the ball really well today. Um, so I do like that. I do also want to see a whole lot of more Russ Matthews on him. I think they kind of need that sort of uh, stronger guard uh, guarding him, even Cruz. So, you know, I think he did an admiral job late in the game, but he was also getting burned by, by Booker quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so having somebody that can kind of body up um, Booker and try to make him uncomfortable um i think would be pretty useful so you know west kind of got into the game late later than most people wanted most fans wanted um i would like to see him uh get more playing time uh in game two because i i, I think he's just uh i don't know a, a pretty stable um defender to have on, on a guy like booker who can really burn you like he did today yeah absolutely and i wouldn't be surprised if the lakers at, at times i think we saw it a little bit in the second half, uh, double Devin Booker off of Chris Paul, basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, and, and I wonder if we see that just a little more consistently until Chris Paul proves that he can he can hit those jumpers, which obviously when he's fully healthy, he can. But um, 
right now, as of right now, from what we saw today, doesn't look just doesn't look right um, with with yeah. what's going on with his right arm and his right shoulder and all that. But um, but yeah, so I I, I like the idea of de- uh, doubling Booker. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not forty feet from the basket, but uh, <laughs> just because I think that that just frees up too much space. Uh, to create a four on three, and even if you leave Chris Paul, then you're creating a four on three with Chris Paul, who yeah. can still tread you as a passer and as a playmaker. So, um, it, I think they also had a lot of issues. Um, I mean, not even necessarily just when they were doubling in general, but uh, when they were doing that those sort of plays. Obviously, when you double a team, somebody you, you, your rotations need to be on point. The guy doubling needs to be able to get back and, and recover and, and guard a new person. That just does not happen when Andre Drummond is on the floor. Um, he's just not really capable of doing that. He's not used to it. He also doesn't really have the physical ability to do it. So um, either they they have to find out a way to slow down Andre, uh, slow down Devin Booker uh, independent of double teams when, when Drummond is on the floor, or Drummond just has to not play. Um, and I know, like, like Drummond gets scapegoated a lot. I thought he had a fine game today, but um, I don't remember who said this, but the, the thing with Andre Drummond is that he, he is a good player. He's talented. He does a lot of things well, but the things that he does do well just aren't big enough factors for the Lakers to counteract the fact that when he's on the floor, it feels like everybody else on the team plays worse. You know, like AD plays worse because he doesn't have that space. LeBron plays worse. Um, the role players don't end up getting uh, enough space because there's a defender in the paint and nobody else to, to, to help off of them when, when they're uh, in the corner. So I don't know. Um, I can see, you know, now now a few minutes removed from the game and, and feeling, I guess, less frustrated than I was in the moment. I can see the reasons why Vogel wants Drummond out there. They do need the size. Uh, they obviously got killed on the glass even with him. Um, but theoretically, he counteracts that. But to me, it just um, it's just not worth it. Like your your defense isn't going to be as good with them. Your offense isn't going to be as good with them. I think Mark Gasol gives you uh, that size, maybe not the pure rebounding ability, but at least the size to, to box out guys and, and help your other players get rebounds, mm. um, while also kind of giving you a, a smarter and better defender and. Uh, somebody who can space the floor and, and let AD play in the paint a whole lot more than he did today because they got to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, I think the thing with Drummond is, like you said, he is a fine player. He can do, there's a lot of redeeming qualities that he brings to the table. But he's kind of a, a fascinating case of a player that can do good things but also prevent the team from hitting its ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a weird weird thing to say because there are there are some games where I think he plays pretty good basketball and he does a lot of good things, but at the end of the day, this team is going to be at his best when he's probably not on the floor, and you know it, it sucks because you know I think I think Drummond genuinely cares. Like whenever he makes a mistake, like yeah. you can see it on his face, like he looks very disappointed in himself, um, and he, he kind of wears it. Uh, so you know. I've tried not to be hard on Drummond just because, you know, he, he is who he is. And, like, there's just certain physical limitations that most players have, um, if not all players, really. Uh, and, you know, he's no exception to that. There's just some things he can do and there's some things he can't do. And, and the construct of this roster and this team and how they want to play, you know, they're probably just better off with him probably off the floor 
uh, and maybe maybe just coming off the bench and being you know a guy off off the bench and, and playing against more second units and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, um, let's I mean let's talk adjustments for game two. One you kind of alluded to is and I think we both would agree with is is we'd like to see Mark Gasol get more minutes. I, and I'll extend it. I, I would like to see Mark Gasol and Montrezl Harrell get some more minutes because uh, I thought Trez in his limited action was doing a great job getting looks around the rim um, and not really hampering spacing while still being available around the basket for uh, offensive rebounds, for passes from LeBron, and was was causing some some problems for, for Phoenix around the paint. And I think if you insert Mark Gasol into the lineup, especially if even if you put him with AD, that allows AD to kind of hang around more closer to the basket while Gasol you know, probably operates kind of out of the, the top of the key area, gives you another passer, allows guys to move, um, probably generate some some better shots for you. And, yeah, and I, I just think he's a much better fit. And it's disappointing that we haven't seen him in the last two games because I think he should be absolutely be part of the playoff rotation along with Wesley Matthews. Um, so that's the big biggest thing for me is you've got to get Anthony Davis more comfortable. You've got to get him going. Um, part of that is just him playing with a sense of urgency because we didn't see it today. But I do think there are some things that they can do to help him out um, in terms of spacing and, and put him in better positions, maybe getting getting him the ball uh, maybe on the move, out of the screen and roll actions, um, you know, different types of actions and stuff like that as opposed to just throwing it to him on the three-point line or throwing it, throwing it to him in the post and allowing the Suns to just go swarm him. Um, I think if you have a guy like Mark Gasol out there that just gives, gives – things more spacing that is good for not only ad but it's good for lebron being able to attack the basket maybe uh getting all the way to the rim or drawing extra defenders and kicking out uh to shooters for for open looks yeah yeah i would agree with that um the other thing i i, I would kind of look at um and we kind of we've talked about this a lot of times so i'm not going to go into it too much but trying to make a guy like uh devin booker work defensively i don't think they did enough of that. I don't think they hunted mismatches or, or switches. I don't think LeBron really had, uh, as far as I can remember, have, I mean, uh, they, they did have some plays, obviously, of, of guards um, going and setting screens for them, but I don't think they had the urgency to sort of force a switch on those. Um, and I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, Booker is obviously killing them uh, on offense, and uh, it doesn't seem like they have a, a, a great Devin Booker defender or, or somebody that can just one-on-one slow him down. So if that's going to happen, you got to at least be able to, to make him work defensively and, and sort of take advantage of that situation the other way around. I also don't remember seeing LeBron act as a screener at any point. That's another thing we were talking about, um, something that the Lakers have started incorporating a little bit since he and Dennis Schroeder both came back into the lineup, and uh, they just really didn't go to it today. I think they did um, one time, and I th- think if I remember – because I remember – it happening. I can't remember the end result. I want to say it resulted in KCP getting a wide open corner three. Okay. I don't think yeah. he made it, but I think that's the possession I'm thinking of. But I remember seeing it just once. But yeah, I'd like to see that more often. Yeah, absolutely. Just because, I mean, uh, we can talk about there, there. There were a lot of defensive issues, and they still held the Suns to uh, 99 points. And obviously, some of that is the Suns missing some some very makeable looks, but. Uh, it's the it's the offense that is really the big issue for the Lakers, just as we expected. And you know, if they're not going to be able to get out in transition, and another thing we kind of expected because the Suns don't really turn the ball over very much, um, 
then their half court offense needs to have a lot more sort of tweaks and little things here and there where they can find advantages for these two dudes on their team that, that are superstars and should be able to take advantage of those sort of situations. Um, a lot of that is purely based on, on, on the lineups that they play with and getting the proper spacing. And of course, you know, the guys being on the floor with them hitting open shots. Uh, you know, KCP can't go one for seven all the time. You can't have, uh, you know, Weston Matthews, I think, missed a couple of threes as well. Um, those guys got to be able to hit shots, but at the end of the day, you, you, you have to be able to generate way more good looks than the Lakers did, especially uh, looks at the rim, which is something that, that they didn't really get. They settled for a lot of jumpers in this game, not just threes either, a, a lot of long twos, which is not, not exactly what they should be going for. Yeah, I mean, outside of LeBron today uh, from the three-point line, uh, so he was three of seven. So if you take that away, that puts the Lakers at four of 19. Caruso was two of four. So, I mean, if you take that away, the Lakers, outside of those two guys, had two made threes from the rest of the team. Yeah. And, and, uh, and one of those Caruso threes was literally the last bucket of the game. Yeah. It was so, meaningless. Basically. So, I mean, it's just have to make shots. Like, it's a make-or-miss league, and, I mean – I can live with just, you know, you have a bad shooting game or whatever and you just don't make shots, but you generated good shots and that's how you lost. I can live with that. Uh, You know, obviously you won't be happy with losing, but at the end of the day, sometimes that's basketball. It's a make or miss league. Can't live with the the lack of effort, just getting beat to rebounds, uh, all that stuff, man. Just really, really frustrating that uh, they, they just didn't look ready to play today. And uh, very, very frustrating, and you know maybe I mean missed an opportunity, especially with with Chris Paul being the the, the physical state that he was in most of the game. Um, you know we'll see we'll see about his health moving forward, but um, yeah, felt like the Lakers still had an opportunity to go win this game and just couldn't ever really seem to get it going. I mean, ninety points that's just not going to cut it. If you would have told me that they would have held the Suns to ninety nine points, probably would have liked the Lakers' chances going into this one, but. Just got got to make shots. Like that's that's where I'm most optimistic is that so much went wrong for this team um, on both ends of the floor, and they but you know it, it ends up in a nine point game, and a lot of that was just due to Lakers just missed shots, missed a lot of free throws, missed a lot of wide open threes, just missed missed shots that they definitely can make. Yeah, um, that is definitely that. The optimistic way of looking at it is that they, they very much had a chance to come back and, and take a lead and probably win this game if uh, a few very wide open shots go in. Um, I mean, I think KCP missed three straight uh, from the same corner to, to start the game, basically. Um, yeah, I, I, I do feel um, confident that, that some of that stuff will, will correct itself. Um, obviously, then the concern is are you able to continue holding the Suns to, to uh, this few points? They, they were a top 10 offense in the, uh, during the regular season. They are very good at it. Um, are you able to, to continue slowing them down offensively? And then can you get enough from your superstars who, again, should be the top two, the, the best two players in the series by quite a margin and were very much not that today. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's, Usually what series come, come, come down to is that, uh, you know, the superstars are, are the guys that win the games. Um, and today, the, the Lakers superstars, and particularly Anthony Davis, just weren't up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. I would expect them to, to 
uh, have a much better game too, but um, they got to do the work. They got to do the film study, et cetera, um, and come out and actually play hard from the get-go. Um, no more feeling out or whatever they're going to call it. Um, actually come come out and, and show that you're top five players in the league because that's what they should be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Anthony Davis probably wasn't even a top three player on the court today uh, behind yeah. Booker, Aiton, and LeBron. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just frustrating performance, disappointing performance. But we saw this, uh, I mean, we saw this last year with Portland that Lakers came out in that first game and could not hit shots. And I think that was why I felt optimistic then. I mean, I like that matchup probably more than I, I like this one. But, um, you know, a, a different dynamic, too, is that this whole feeling out process, you could, you could afford to do that more in the bubble because there was no home court that you had to deal with or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's a little different this time. It, not saying the Lakers can't, you know, overcome this or anything like that, but uh, you're going to be dealing with the same crowd that you dealt with in game one, and you're going to be dealing with a Suns team that uh, is going to be probably chomping at the bit to try and go up 2-0 on you and really put you in a hole um, and really try and knock out the defending champions. And they're going to probably have a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of confidence. And that's one, one thing we said about when you're playing against a young team in general, but especially in the playoffs, is if you start to, you know, you start out slow and you give them hope, all of a sudden there's genuine belief and confidence that they can beat you. Uh, so yeah. if, if the Lakers don't put an end to that quickly, in, uh, you know, especially in game two, if they lose game two and they have to win four out of five against this team, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult. Not, it won't be impossible, but it's going to be very difficult. So game two, it's not a must win for me, but it's uh, very, very important. If they can get this 1-1, I think that they'll be back in the driver's seat and they'll be just fine. But if they lose, I mean, it's – you're creating quite a, a hole to dig out of. Yeah, I mean, listen, these guys have heard for a week now, or well, maybe I guess three or four days since the Lakers won the playing game, that they're not the favorites to win the series, that the Lakers are the two best players, they have the experience, et cetera, and they just came out and punched the Lakers in the mouth, and the Lakers never responded. Um, if that doesn't build your confidence, then I don't know what will. So it is definitely going to be a challenge to win game two. Um, like you said, I guess must win might be a little bit too strong of a term, but it feels very close to that to me. Um, I think the Suns team is way, way, way too good to lose four out of five games um, if the Lakers do do lose uh, game two. But again, the the opposite of that is if they do win game two, if the Lakers do, then all of a sudden this game and, and as awful as it was, almost doesn't matter. You split on the road. You have home court advantage now. Um, you've kind of showed the other team that, yes, we are the defending champs and, and we should be the favorites. And um, don't don't be feeling too hopeful too soon. Um, so I, I think a lot hinges on that game, too. Um, it, it's a very, very crucial game. And I think, you know, number one, it has to be the superstars that come out and, and lead from the get-go. But I also think Frank Vogel has to make some very tough decisions uh, on, on some adjustments that are going to be really crucial. I don't think he can really wait to make those uh, for later in the series. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not a must win, but it's on the doorstep of a must win, right? If they yeah. lose, then game three absolutely becomes a must win. So you don't even want to put yourself in that position. So, um, all right, last thing before we get off, uh, let's uh, drop a prediction for game two, score prediction. Uh, we feeling that the Lakers bounce back and get a win in game two? Uh, yeah, I, I will say that I, I don't want to say I'm confident, but I do think that they will, uh, win the series. 
or, or win the win the next game. Score prediction: I'm going to say it's going to be another pretty defensive one. Um, I'll say 105-97 for the Lakers. Okay, that was about what I was going to say. I was going to say 104-96. <laughs> so nice. about about the same thing. So okay, uh, one yeah. more point. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect the Lakers to be a little more focused in Game 2 and, and bounce back. And uh, if the Lakers win Game 2, uh, some of you in the chat on YouTube, there's uh, one Suns fan for sure that has been uh, wildly annoying. Uh, I better see that same energy if the Lakers win Game 2. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so that is going to do it. Um, frustrating game, but at the end of the day, it is one game. A lot of series left to play. Lakers are defending champs, so this isn't anything that they haven't overcome before. So um, look forward to Frank Vogel making some adjustments. And uh, I guess one thing I will say is that the Suns, I think, played a little bit faster than the Lakers probably anticipated because they didn't play this fast during the regular season. They played kind of at a slower pace, and uh, they really got out and ran. And I think that caught the Lakers off guard because their transition defense was pretty terrible uh, in this game. So definitely something the Lakers can adjust to. And there was also one set uh, running Devin Booker off of a a double stagger screen um, where he would – you know, catch it coming off of that, and then you'd have a guy diving, you have a guy flaring out and stuff like that. Uh, the Suns continue to run over and over and over. I would imagine the Lakers are, are ready for a look like that in game two. So definitely some big adjustments to make, but I believe that the Lakers can make them and can bounce back and win game two and, and right the ship in this series. And then, you know, uh, the sky will no longer be falling if they are able to get, a, get the split that we were hoping for. Uh, But we'll have to see. It's going to be Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on TNT. Uh, The Clippers, I think, also play at the same time over on NBA TV. Um, And I think the Nets and Celtics uh, are the the first game of that TNT doubleheader as well. So some big matchups on Tuesday. Uh, The Lakers will get the nightcap on TNT. And uh, hopefully they, they bring a better effort. Hopefully they bring a better effort and they're more focused, they execute a little better, and uh, they're able to get out of there with a win and, and come back to L.A. Uh, ready to uh, hopefully take control of the series. So one game at a time, though. Let's get game two. Let's bounce back and, and, and get this thing back on the right track. So, um, all right, we're going to get out of here. So thank you guys, those of you that, that watched, that listened. As always, we do these live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. We do them up on YouTube as well and over on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. So you can like, follow, or subscribe on all three of those uh, channels. And then, of course, this will be up after the fact on uh, all those podcast platforms, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, it should be up there. So, um, yeah, Suns win 99-90. to They're up 1-0 in this series. Game two on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Hani and I will be uh, live after that game as well, hopefully uh, in a much better mood and uh, smiling a lot more than we were able to today. Uh, but, yeah, thanks again, guys. But uh, until Tuesday night with Hani Amadian, I am Gary Kester and the rest of the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Matt Barnes, but don't tell Kwame I said that. <laughs> <laughs>